What is that noise? <laughs> I think Turning my phone off. that was a noise saying that we just went live. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Apparently that's new too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to the Geek Embassy October Live Hangout. <laughs> we are having some technical difficulties here. And someone has the sound running in the background. Um, hopefully that's going to, okay, we got it. <laughs> and now my uh, my sound is coming on, so okay. I think we got it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello from the land of technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm very familiar with technical difficulties. <laughs> that's your new tagline. <laughs> that should be my new tagline. That should have always been my tagline. With some of the recordings for the show that we did that came out like so funky, that totally should have been my tagline. <laughs> I actually do have a new closing line today. I'm going to try it out. Oh, good. It works. All right. So this is our October live hangout. Uh, I'm here with Rhonda, Mark, and Isabella from the site. Hopefully, um, remedying his own technical difficulties will be Evan Graham, who will be a new writer and ambassador for the Geek Embassy starting in the next couple weeks. So um, we're looking forward to that. Um, so how y'all doing now that we finally got everybody? <laughs> what are you doing? We're doing good. I gamed all day yesterday. So how could that be bad? How could that be bad? That's never it bad. It can't. It can't. It really it can't. It never ever is bad to game all day. <laughs> I I marathon Netflix all day yesterday. Ooh, that's good too. That's also I feel a valid like I'm still choice. Recovering. I'm still so, I feel like I'm still recovering from I feel like I'm still recovering from Geek Girl Con. I'm still tired oh. from Geek Girl Con. <laughs> oh, I man. actually feel that way too, but I feel like, you know, you should have bounced back a little better than the rest of us. <laughs> I, I took an hour and a half nap yesterday, and then I slept for nine hours last night. And I feel like I'm maybe kind of normal now. Maybe. I couldn't stay awake at work on Tuesday. The jet lag hit me so hard. I went home at lunch to have a nap and did not get back up. <laughs> I got up long sure. enough to, to text work jet lag. Staying home. <laughs> the sad thing is, you would think from that, like, that we did a lot of partying. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it was we only did. a... We did. Well, did we? <laughs> I us? guess we did. Kind of. For us, we did. <laughs> for us. <laughs> when so your sad. bar for partying is here, this is what we did. <laughs> uh. We did stay up late on Saturday night. Um, gaming. That's cool. Yeah. That we closed awesome. the gaming place down. We, we closed the gaming floor down, so that was pretty cool. Um, and we played Quirkle, Rhonda's first time. Yep, that was fun. Did she run into the same problem I did? No, she was being Trevor. Oh, just just running the, the board? Yeah. She's like, Wait, oh, I can only play this right? one. Uh, my problem was is that I had literally two colors, and <laughs> all of the shapes I had were all wrong. So I was just like, come on, give me something. So finally, I just had to dump my hand and start over. And I got two other different colors with the first shape that work. Oh, fun. So I was only ever played, able to play like one tile here, one tile yeah. there. Really yeah. Trevor and I were putting one we played, because we played right before you know, Geek Girl Con. Um, and Trevor and I would play like two tiles and get like eight to 10 points. 
And Mark would put down two tiles, and he's like, two. <laughs> no, it was like three or, or four, but four. Yeah. A lot of times, though, it was just one tile for two. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of rough. So, um, but yeah, so Rhonda was running Trevor's game. Trevor was having the same kind of beginner's luck. It actually ended up working out the same way where I snuck up at the end. Um, but Rhonda at one point, like, is like, oh, I can only play this one blue tile for a quirkle. That's all I can do. <laughs> it was like, like all I can do. none of us had anything. Yeah, I know. But at that point in the game, like, she had like four on the board, and both Isabel yeah. and I are like, we'd like one, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I had gotten like four or five in the whole game, and so I. So it's I, rough uh, being awesome, is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I kept telling them that I have amazing beginner's luck because when I don't know the rules, I tend to play better and win. <laughs> <laughs> but once I figure it out, I can't win again. So, but that was yeah. really fun. I was glad to learn that one. Yeah, I love that game. It's a good, it's a good starter game. It's a good mm -hmm. um, get people who aren't really exposed to strategy games to learn strategy games because mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more thought than than a lot of other games, but enough, but similar enough to um, to other. Um, I, I compare it mostly to dominoes. It's the one I compare mm -hmm. it to. It's like a highly sophisticated dominoes or Scrabble. Yeah, or Scrabble. Yeah, in like the same way where you have. To yeah, where you have to work the tiles and you have to work the system. So we played that and we played Forbidden Desert, which we died in a, a yeah, well, very quickly, very quickly. Well, I wasn't at Geek Girl Con, but I was out there visiting right about the time you were getting ready to leave for Geek Girl Con. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really play a ton of games. I, I played uh, some, uh, the hell are they called? Dice Masters um, games with the. Uh, um, my friend Trevor, who I was staying with a lot of the time, and uh, yeah, tried to party too, but I've been away from that group so long that, you know, their bar is here, and yeah. I made it to about here, and I think now that I've been home for about a week, my liver has just started speaking with me again. <laughs> so, yep. Good. Yeah, well, we had celebratory champagne after our panel, mm -hmm. which went really well. I was very pleased with how our panel went. And thanks if anybody's listening and anybody new to the embassy, the Geek Embassy podcast or our live broadcast, thank you for coming to our panel. Uh, we had yep. a great time. And uh, thanks for the turnout. We had a great turnout for being the second to last panel slot. <laughs> I know. I was surprised. I really was too, because I think a lot of people peter out by that time at most cons. And so I was really glad. Well, especially we if they're not local. Like, mm -hmm. Like, like all normally, of us, I think I think we would have normally been gone by then. Yeah, well, when we've gone to Emerald City, we usually leave at noon ish, noon or you know, early afternoon um, on the last day of Emerald City. Um, or I, I do that in packs usually too, because by Sunday with a four day con, you're like, okay, everyone's dead, really everyone's you. run out of stuff, everybody's to sick. sell. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and everyone's yeah. sick, and everybody's sick. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't get sick this time. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. I'm still waiting for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got—I definitely got exhausted because I still feel like I was recovering this week too, <laughs> and I didn't have the time zones to deal with. But I did drive up there, so yeah, I did have that to deal with. Although I made Isabella stay awake with me on the drive home. <laughs> That's usually the safest thing to do. Yeah, I'm like, no music. You can talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm the worst put into that situation. I probably sounded like I was drunk. <laughs> tired and I think maybe for um for Emerald City Comic Con next year, maybe we should record our conversation on the way up and back. Because we usually have oh, pretty that's good chats. great. It would be, yeah. I still we wish we had recorded our Emerald City. Yeah, when I was ranting about The Walking Dead, which returns in two uh, two weeks. Two weeks or a week from today. But tigers. Oh, no. With tigers. Zombies and tigers and dead people. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not buying in. I'm, I'm done. I was, I was I'm going to resist. Last season. Yeah. I have to see. Because <laughs> you're on. You're on board. Once you're on board, you're on board, aren't you? That's pretty much me. Yeah, I'm, you know, commit. Once I commit to the story, that's what happens. So yeah. I have to hey, see Hey, I managed to give it. up on The Walking, uh, not The Walking Dead, on Supernatural. So if I can do that then well, I can give up The Walking Dead. That's pretty good. But, but I did hear that the, the tiger was actually in the comic book, in the yes. graphic novel. So it is actually oh, yeah. like true to canon. So I felt a little better about it knowing that. A little. A little. Tiny bit. But we'll see. There it goes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of zombies. Great uh, segue. Great segue. <laughs> Halloween's coming, everybody. Halloween's coming. We decided for our October hangout to do a spooky suspense thriller horror theme. Um, not all of us are big horror fans, so we threw in kind of suspense and thriller. Yeah, <laughs> not really either. I do have some, I, and I do have a story I will tell uh, when we get to some of the questions. Uh, we are on uh, YouTube Live now, as I think we mentioned during the last hangout. Um, There's a little different format than the hangouts were. Um, so we have a live chat. So if you are watching, we have two viewers right now. Uh, if you are watching and you would like to send us a message, go to the YouTube channel and type it in on the right-hand side. There's a chat. It says, say something. Um, Rhonda has put in here our, our questions for what we're going to cover for the day. So that are all, those are all up there and you can check those out. So um, let's get started. Um, what was our first question? What was your first horror suspense movie? Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yep. Who wants so to go first? first? Rhonda, go first. Sure. Um, when I, I, I never was um, a big horror fan until recently, and I'm not really necessarily a horror fan. I've always been a horror novel fan, um, but not a movie fan. But um, I believe the very first horror movie I ever saw um, the way that um, our living room was situated when I was a kid, the um, TV could be seen. I'm trying to find the camera. So like the living room was over here and my parents would sit back here and the TV was on this wall. So I could crawl out of my bedroom and sit right here next to this wall and watch the TV. Oh, sneaky. My little, my little sister did the exact same thing. <laughs> Yeah, so I snuck out one night and I was sitting by the wall watching and had no idea as I was watching this show um, how scary it was. And it scared me so badly. I was terrified to go back to bed, but I couldn't tell my parents that I had been sneaking out of the bed <laughs> to watch the TV. And so I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't move. I can't move. But it was, I didn't find out until years later what the movie actually was because I could only remember one scene from the movie and come to find out it was the original Little House Shop of Horrors. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
And I had no idea the original was actually a horror movie. It was. Um, it was not the musical that the youngsters are used to today. <laughs> no, and it was black and white, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and lots of, a lot more violence and gore. Yeah, a lot, a lot, I just remember dismemberment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was started pretty effectively. Yes, yeah. yes. Just a little bit, just a yeah. little bit. Uh, what about uh, you, Mark? Um, I've got two kind of in this category and I can't remember which one came first. Um, I'll start with uh, the one that I actually saw the majority of um, to some degree, uh, which was the Amityville Horror, the original mm -hmm. movie back in the, what was it, like 77 or 78 or yep. something? Yeah, and a spectacular display of shitty parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom took my sister and I to the drive through to watch that movie. And I'm assuming it was because she didn't have a, a uh, uh, babysitter at the time. But uh, I remember pretty much trying to watch whatever was showing up the other theater. Uh, the opposite direction all night and occasionally being drawn to look because, you know, there's just sometimes you can't help but look and hearing all the audio for it. So yeah. that was, that was uh, pretty terrifying. Um, and then the other one that kind of scarred me and I've never actually gone back and watched the movie since um, I like walked in uh, to a room one time at my aunt and uncle's and I don't remember who was watching it, but they were watching uh, dress to kill with Angie Dickens. <gasps> Dickinson. I can't yes. remember. Dickinson. <laughs> The scene where she is slashed to death in the uh, yes. uh, elevator. Yeah. Oh my god! I walked in, saw that, and went, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> That's hardcore. Yeah. I don't even think I don't think my stories are that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so those are mine. Well, Isabella, you want to follow that up? Well, okay, so let's see. So for most of my life, I've been completely traumatized by horror movies. And I think it all started when I was a little kid and my cousins were watching one of the Chucky movies and I walked into their room and I was traumatized oh, no. for life. And of course, they took advantage of that. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still cannot rough. even look at that thing. Um, Wow. I hate dolls to this day. So I think I mentioned before, but the one episode of Buffy that I never managed to watch is one with an evil uh, ventriloquist yes, dummy. Yes. Oh, that's still, a scary I watched, one. I watched like five one. seconds of it and I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> really, I, would have, I, would have, I think the most terrifying episode of that show ever was Hush. I agree. That I love Hush. Scary. Well, I think for, in terms of suspense, I think, um, for scary, I think, and suspense and kind of like arcing the story around it. Yeah. Um, Regina? Yes. Oh, for me. So my first memory of any kind of suspense movie was um, hearing my parents talk about recording The Shining on our Betamax. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a minute. Um, and so they were talking about it. And it wasn't something that they wanted me to watch. But I was going to be home. And I remember if like a party, a family party year was going on. And if other people were home. But I remember sneaking into the bedroom where the cable box was and the Betamax player. And it was recording. And turning on the TV to start watching it. 
uh, right about the scene with the hallway and the blood. Oh. <laughs> and I was young, like, I don't know, 11, 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And I turned it off and I went back and was like, okay, that's that done. Done. Thanks. So See, the shining, I think is one of the ones where I was thinking, um, that we ought to stick in canon. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of one of those foundational ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, Evan, I see your picture, but we're still not here. Oh, wait, your mic went off. Wait, can we hear you talk? Can you hear me? Oh, <gasps> hey! Can hear you? Yay! Oh I can't get the camera to work, so it's just going to be a disembodied voice. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We've had that before. Extremely <laughs> appropriate for this episode. Yes. <laughs> I'll try to be extra spooky for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you're just in time to answer the um, the first scary movie question. What was the first <sighs> scary movie that you remember? Oh, my gosh. I can't even remember because, like, I wasn't allowed to watch anything as a kid, like, at all. I couldn't even watch PG movies until my parents watched them first. Pretty much all of us just gave the story about, like, how we snuck into some place yeah. <laughs> or were bombarded. <laughs> Izzy, Izzy had hers forced on her, so. Yeah, I was also, <laughs> I, I would, like, sneak in and, like, watch stuff on the TV, but, like, I knew I wasn't allowed to watch, so, like, anytime... Like, my mom or dad would come by, I would have to change the channel really quick. So I saw parts of lots of scary movies, but I didn't really see any, like, all the way through, probably until I got to, like, I don't know, like, middle of high school. And I would, like, watch them with my friends and stuff like that. And by then, I was already too grown up and macho to be scared of anything, so it didn't really make an impression on me. <laughs> I can understand that. That's actually, um, okay, so what's our next question? What movie scares you? Yeah, so that's our next question for discussion. That leads into kind of mine. So I remember in high school, um, one Halloween, we decided that we were going to rent um, from Blockbuster, again, dating myself. Let's just call this the episode where Regina dates herself. Um, we rented at Blockbuster Pet Cemetery. Oh. Yeah, I can see where that would be pretty uh, scary. Traumatizing. Absolutely traumatizing. And I think that... From that point forward, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to like not try this. <laughs> I, I hate the scene in that movie where Gabe uh, slashes the guy's uh, Achilles tendon while he's hiding under the bed. It's just like, oh, oh, God. It's awful. Well, uh, how many times have I told my first date story about Pet Cemetery? Uh, At least heard. once, I think. Once. But yeah. you held again. Yeah, the, I've been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks for this guy to ask me out. Weeks. <laughs> and finally, we're on the phone talking, and we find out we both like Stephen King. Well, this is back when I didn't like horror at all. I just read the books. And the horror freaked me out completely in the theater. And we're talking on the phone about Stephen King, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to ask me to go to watch Pet Cemetery." He's finally going to ask me out, and it's going to be to Pet Cemetery. And sure enough, that's what he, he said. Well, would you like to go to a movie? I, Pet Cemetery's out. We could go see it. And it's like, if I say no, who knows how long it'll be before he asks me out. So we go to the movie, and when it came to the scene with the sister, I just completely freaked out, and I said, "I've got, to, I've got to leave." And he was like, "Okay." 
And I'm like, no, 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 I, I, I have to leave the movie. I can't do the movie. And after that, I figure, well, it's it. It's over. Yeah, I just may as well go home. I screwed this up. The guy paid for a movie and, and I, I left leave halfway through. <laughs> and 25 years later, we're still married. Yeah. And he brings you drinks occasionally. <laughs> Made to order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the movie that scares you, uh, what about you, Evan? Oh, geez. Uh, it takes a lot actually. Cause I feel at this point I'm so genre savvy that a lot of the horror stuff just doesn't really work for me. Cause I can see it coming so far in advance. And if I, if I can see it coming, it doesn't really scare me. But like the first movie I ever saw that really kind of threw away all of my expectations and just kind of scared me constantly from beginning to end was probably alien. Oh, like, good. Yeah, just, good choice. Good the choice. scary stuff in it is so unique and it's so mm -hmm. like, you can't know what's coming unless you've heard about it. So like yeah. seeing other scary movies doesn't prepare you for it. Yeah. Good choice. That's perfect. Yeah. That's an excellent choice. And it was like a completely, it's not now, like everybody emulates it now, yeah. but at the time it really was. I watched that and I watched that when it came out like that. Like, I don't even know. Like, I can't even, I can't even remember what it was or what moment. Like, I can't remember the scene in Pet Cemetery, And I think I suffered through the whole thing because of that whole like peer pressure thing in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things they did originally in Alien that was specifically intended to kind of screw with the audience is they'd originally kind of set it up so that prior to the movie coming out, nobody knew exactly who the main character was. And they kind of set it up to be the captain as being the main character. And you're like, oh, he's the main character. He's going to live. And then he's the first one to die, pretty much. Right. And <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, all the stakes are off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it can be anybody. Now what a, you don't know what to land on. If it was like right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about, about you, Isabel? Um, everything, everything. Yes, that is also an answer. But I think, I think it's sometime when I was a teenager, because I completely tried to avoid everything horror for a really long time. And I still kind of can't do it. But it was around this time of year where they show all of like a bunch of horror movies on, you know, cable TV and stuff. And it was I think I flipped across it. Mm. <laughs> and oh. I only caught a part of it, but that was enough. I think it was a scene in like a boiler room or something and I didn't quite know what was happening. I was like, okay, I'll try to get through this. And then it shows up and then I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and that's where my fear of clowns came from. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Which Mark tried to play on earlier then. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. Tiny, tiny bit. So what about you, Mark? Yeah. So the movie that scares me and probably still scares me every time I see it um, is The Exorcist. Yep. The, uh, the first time I ever saw it was with my cousin and I think my younger sister and parents were out of town and uh, it was a stormy night and uh, we'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> and, uh, I would say, oh, hey, 
Evan's got a face. Evan, I know Evan's picture popped up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I think that movie is um, terrifying, and even with like some of the added uh, scenes that they put in, like with her uh, walking along the wall like a spider and stuff like that, just makes it even worse. And I'd have to say that the that the uh, runner up for that is The Exorcist Three, which is the true sequel to The Exorcist, which has one of the probably one of the most horrifying scenes in any <laughs> horror movie ever, which is there's a, a hospital where a lot of the, the story takes place and they do this uh, shot where they pull the camera down this long hallway and you, you're watching this nurse go back and forth at the edge of the, at the end of the hallway. And then she goes into the room where the, the priest from the first exorcist is, in this um, room, I think it's him. I can't remember if it's him or somebody else. Anyway, she you expect that when she goes in there, this is it, she's dead. She walks back out and goes back to her station. You're like, okay, well, what the hell's going on here? Then she walks back across. And when she comes back across the final time, this woman in a nurse's uniform comes right along behind her with what looks like these giant shears to yeah. lob her head off. And you yeah. don't see it, it happens off screen. But it, it's just like one of those moments where you're just like, holy crap, because they mess with you so long. Oh, God. <clears throat> the build up, the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think those, the exorcist. Those two are the ones. Yeah. I think that that exorcist should go into canon as well. Yeah. yeah. The only reason why I ever agreed to watch The Exorcist was because I had watched the making of mm -hmm. <laughs> before <laughs> I watched the movie. So there was no surprise for me of any of the scenes because they talked in detail in the in the documentary about um, like making the special effects happen. Um, mm -hmm. And so nothing was scary at that point by the time I watched it and all this suspense had been taken out of it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it now. <laughs> it's confirmation that they didn't actually summon demons to make right them. exactly <laughs> i've actually watched it the, those extras since and watched the movie and that movie still gets to me on a level i can't describe mm. even though i know how they do it and what they're doing yeah, yeah. <clears throat> are you watching the tv show no um i had thought about it and then the night that it started i missed it so if i'm going to watch at this point i'm going to have to find it on demand or wait until it shows up on Netflix or something. I think it's on Hulu, if you have Hulu. No, I don't, yeah. I don't know how many episodes are in. I'm not, obviously not, I really want to watch it because it has Gina Davis in it and I'd love to support her, but. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Is but it? you're a chicken. I am, I am totally a chicken. <laughs> totally, 100%. <laughs> totally okay with that. <laughs> I also have a very active imagination, so when I do watch things mm -hmm. like that, they they just get into my dreams, and I'm already tired enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Rhonda, did you share one that scared you? No. Um, the the one that 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 really scares me is the Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> you so much you have no idea <laughs> the i hate that movie i just hate it okay um, scare you. um no it's not it's not scary okay. it's okay. scary that it was made it i tell you what's scary are the women that swoon over the movie yeah. 
you just don't want to be there when they're uh, when they're falling apart over <gasps> no puck. I thought for sure you'd say something like Fifty Shades of Grey. No, I didn't. No, no. Um, that's worse. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, I remember not sleeping a wink one night trying to watch The Exorcist. Um, I can't finish watching The Shining. Um, but I think one of the last ones I wanted to uh, probably bring up is, I, I think I brought up before here, is Session 9. And I just was not, I guess I just wasn't expecting it to go the way that it went. It had a lot of psychological drama in it as well as uh, uh, lobotomies and body parts and ghosts and yeah. stuff like that. So it was a real mix. Um, I w because it was so moody and it was so psychological, I wasn't expecting the, the actual bloody stuff at the end. And so that made it worse. But um, it's, it's typical. It's, it's not an unusual trope. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of guys that are hired to go to a old, very old, abandoned, insane asylum and clean out the asbestos. What could go wrong? <laughs> it's an insane asylum. That's yep. period. Everything's wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 one that scared me. I watched the whole thing. I actually finished it. So, but. so you've never seen the end of The Shining, then? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the snow drift. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And the topiaries, the creepy topiaries. Yeah, and the, everything about that is everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah, it's it, it just goes to show you that that Stephen King just sh should write books and not worry about making movies and TV shows. <laughs> Anybody watch the the mini series they made of The Shining? I did, but I don't really remember a lot about it. I thought it was all right when I saw it, but beyond that, it didn't obviously leave a lasting impression. Yeah, it just I just remember it being well. It didn't have the. I mean, it was Kubrick, so it didn't have the flair that Kubrick had. But I remember the ending being super corny and talking to a friend of mine who had read the book and him telling me that that's actually how the book ended. It was like this super, like, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling at the end that the kid grows up and becomes, like, you know, goes to college and graduates or whatnot. And, like, that's how it ended. And he told me that that's actually how the book ended. So sometimes I question... I don't know. Stephen King's books don't end with warm fuzzies. <laughs> well, that's Someone why I was did. like, I don't know. I, have, I haven't read enough. I've read one Stephen King book, I think. And it wasn't particularly scary. So hmm. I can't remember. Hearts, Hearts in Atlantis, I think is what it was called. Hearts oh, Atlantis. yeah. That's one of his kind of feel goody ish. Yeah, of that's, yeah, that yeah. was like, it had that kind it's of. An odd one. It is an odd one, which is probably why I was I agreed to read it because it wasn't his usual stick. I can give uh, you some recommendations. Yeah, I can get. I can give you. Yeah, I don't count anything like after it or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, that all just kind of dropped off into the. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good segue. I thought maybe um, we would throw something in there besides movies and TV and maybe say something about uh, novels. Yeah. And the, the main reason I brought it up, it, and it goes back to what you were saying, Mark, <clears throat> I remember being in um, 
high school and during math class, I don't know why, you know, certain days that you had not that much to do. And I was, I brought my book with me to read and I was reading the Amityville horror <laughs> and I'm in class. Math was like first period. I'm sitting by the window. It's a bright sunny day and I'm sitting there reading Amityville horror and just got the crap scared out of me reading it. I had to put it down. And I'm in the middle of a room with plenty of people. I mean, it is the most opposite of what I just finished reading, but I was so scared I couldn't finish reading it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that's another series I have no, no experience with. <laughs> <laughs> Although my best friend in high school is Amity. Hi, Amity, in case you're watching. Um, and yeah, we used to call her Amityville Horror when she was in a bad mood. That's all I got. <laughs> so does anybody else have any book experiences yeah I do um, I, I wonder what you're gonna say I think you're gonna be surprised but also kind of like yeah it makes sense but um, I wouldn't say that I've ever read a book that terrified me or scared me to any degree but uh, the one that that I'm going to throw out here is uh, the original Bram Stoker's Dracula mm. and it didn't really oh. scare me or terrify me but it discomforted me like on a really weird level you know I wasn't like scared or anything like that but I just very atmospheric yeah I felt weird the whole time I was reading it like I think it's because it's in a diary format and so I kind of felt like I was intruding into a world where I wasn't supposed to be I think that's probably why it affected me the way it did but I wasn't I wasn't uh, terrified or scared or anything like that it's more of a foreboding kind of thing it's like a like a there's like a, a sense of overarching dread that stuff's happening yeah, sort of Damocles waiting to fall yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that sense of, of like, wonder about what is about to happen. Like, and because the things that do happen are so odd, mm -hmm. like, everything's kind of off the table. What could possibly be happening here? Yeah, and everything, and everything is off kilter in the story when you're reading it. You're seeing it through Jonathan Harker's eyes to start with, and you know, you're seeing all these things in his mind that just aren't lining up, you know, he's kind of like, what, what is happening here exactly? <laughs> and that's kind of how you feel when you're reading it. Mm -hmm. cool. What about you, Evan? My favorite horror book probably doesn't, I don't even, I don't really read horror, the genre very much, but probably the closest that comes to it is a Stephen King book. It's actually my favorite Stephen King book. And it's not one of his more well-known ones, but it's called From a Buick 8. Oh, I love that book. I love that book so <laughs> much. And it's not even because it's scary. It's honestly, it's because of how normal most of it is. Yeah. Like there's this, like for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's like about a car that just kind of shows up one day out of nowhere. And it's just a weird car. And the police come in to pick it up because it was just left at this gas station and no one claimed it. So the police take it in to impound it. And then, like, the whole rest of the story is the all these old-time police guys just sitting back talking to the new kid about this car and all the crazy stuff that's happened with it because it's, like, a portal to another dimension that, like, monsters come out of sometimes. And, like, the whole book is just a bunch of people just chatting about this car that spews out monsters every couple of years and... <laughs> It's just normal for them because they've had it in their garage for 10 years or whatever. And they're cops and they deal with whatever happens. It's just, but they're so, it's so cool. Like it's, it's not, 
that scary most of the time. Although, like, when scary things happen, it is scary. But, like, I, I love the idea of kind of this gateway to a hellish alternate dimension that constantly kind of opens up and spews unknown things in your world. But it's you just kind of have to live with it because it's just there and you can't get rid of it. So they just kind of put it in the shed. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and the idea was, is I, if I recall correctly, it's been a long time since I read the book, but it wasn't also the idea that they keep it because then they tried and destroy it and it didn't, they couldn't find any way to destroy it, but they also keep it because they would basically be putting it off on somebody else who would have to deal with it. Yeah. So it's partly because they're the cops and it's like someone has to deal with it. So they're the authority. So they should be the ones who have to do it. And there's also like a whole thing throughout where like a couple of the, the cops are just kind of curious about it. Cause it's like this random thing that like it's an unexplainable car that isn't really a car that is a portal to another dimension and they do experiments they like take like hamster cages and put them in the trunk to see what happens to them and <laughs> do kinds of like just little experiments and like it it just that's what you'd do if something like that happened you'd want to learn about it like you'd be horrified by it when scary things happened but then you'd also be really curious and you'd want to learn more and then they'd kind of okay. be for it Cool. I want to read that. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I've read it like five times. Oh, I got to read it. What about yeah. you, Isabella? Uh, so I haven't read much horror, but there is a graphic novel, and I've spoken about this before, called Lock and Key by Joe Hill, mm. which I absolutely adore. And it manages it managed to creep me out <laughs> really bad a lot. Um, just because I'm very visual, and the visuals were right there in front yeah. of you. Um, but it's basically about a family who moves into kind of a haunted house, sort of. It's The story is really hard for me to explain, but I love it. And it managed to creep me out, but it's one of those that it creeped me out, but I still kept going because I like the story so mm -hmm. much. It's kind of a ghost story. It's kind of a uh, 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 yeah, but they're they're just really really bad people in it, and it, it, it's. I think w the why it's hard to explain is because it, it's very creative and a little unique. Mm -hmm. You know. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Regina? Well, I don't read a lot of scary things, <laughs> and I don't read a lot of suspense, shocker. Um, but I did go through um, a time where I read a lot of James Patterson um, suspense. Um, I can't remember the name of the um, the detective in the series. Alex, somebody. Um, so I read a lot of those until I realized at some point that because I get in, and I've talked about this before in other episodes, one other hangouts. Um, I, I, I hyper focus on authors, and I'll read a lot of like one author, um, and I, I or one series. I'll just get kind of stuck, and so that's what I did with James Patterson. I read like a whole bunch in a short period of time, and I realized finally that one of the reasons why I wasn't sleeping really good. <laughs> 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 and that time was because I was reading so much James Patterson right before bed and I would go to bed in this kind of like tensed up you know oh what's <laughs> happening in this 
book and like, you don't know what's going to happen. And more of it is like political intrigue and suspense and serial killers and stuff like that. So it's not horror necessarily. So it wasn't gross, but it had that kind of tense thing. And so I have tended pretty much to avoid them since I realized that I really do have like that that experience of it um, emotionally that it really does kind of creep into my head. I can't, I can't have anything that I do on any kind of repetition that doesn't end up in my dreams. Um, if I play too much of a certain game, I will end up dreaming like that. I dreamt like World of Warcraft for, you know, years of playing World of Warcraft. I would dream like World of Warcraft. I've dreamt Bejeweled. I've dreamt horrible, horrible, stupid games that I play <laughs> are on repeat in my brain. So I tend to be a little bit more choosy now about what I experience. <laughs> Hell, I went through a time where I dreamt about Candy Crush. Yeah, and I mean, it just gets in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I see it so much. And yeah, I, I felt that way about Bejeweled for a while when I was playing Bejeweled too much. And All right, you guys are going back into rainbows and unicorns of happiness. We were trying to keep this all dark in the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Candy Crush can be dark. It's a dark, dark place. <laughs> Candy getting crushed. <laughs> It's so sad. <laughs> that could actually hurt certain people given there. <laughs> oh, you're stretching it now. I know. <laughs> well, but. before we move on to the next question, I thought we would go ahead and uh, do something a little different and go ahead and do our show and tell. Okay. Um, uh, any type of, of Halloween suspense, horror type of uh, show and tell you want to do. Uh, this can be your Candy Crush game. <laughs> you want it to be. We, we will mock you mercilessly, but yes, go ahead. And yes. Um, I'll just, I'll kick it off. We were talking that we were just at uh, Geek Girl Con, and I have never read a um, Choose Your Own Adventure book. Oh. And we met an author there, Matt Youngmark. And he writes choose your own adventure books a little bit more. Um, they're not they're not uh, middle school age type books. They're more for young adults and new adults. And I am reading his Zombo Zombo Zompocalypse Now. <laughs> and the main character is a stuffed bunny. It's got like 112 different possible endings, and I have yet to find one where I don't die horribly. <laughs> Apparently, there are only 12. <laughs> um, but um, I ha I'm having a good time with it. I, I choose what looks to be like the logical answer, and when I end up dying, I was like, I'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never do that. Yeah, he was pretty cool. I picked up his, um, I forgot which one it was, the superhero one. Where yeah. There are three different paths you have mutation you can take that you end up like having end up as a hero with three different types of powers. Also very high death rate. <laughs> well, what about your show and tell, Regina? Uh, I have a couple. Um, I have my, Mark said this really wasn't um, Halloween-y enough, but I'm pretty sure Darth Vader dressed up as a bunny for Halloween. Yep. That's his costume. It's in costume. That's in costume. You're totally disrespecting the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yes, that's kind of the point. No. Actually, I didn't. Whoever manufactured it did. <laughs> I just had the audacity to buy it. <laughs> but I also went in to show off um, my ears, my fairy. Um, yeah, those are definitely not horror. 
No, oh, these are not horror. No, not at all. Um, but they're elf ears, but they are my Halloween ears, which I picked up at Rose City Comic Con, but um, Geek Girl Stuff was also at Rose City Comic Con selling these as well. Um, at Rose City, she said she actually sold out and was like madly making them on um, the Saturday night of that con. And as something completely unrelated to horror, I do have to show off because it was actually mentioned to me when I received this gift that I should share it during the next Hangout. Oh, so um, this yeah, is from my friends Amy and Don, um, and it is an artist called Pina Pina, P-I-N-A, and he does these kind of cartoon um, superheroes, and I know he's got a Firefly series and a bunch of them, so they bought this one for me. I don't remember how long ago, but I finally managed to get it from them. So here's my my little girl. Oh, Wonder that's Woman. adorable. Isn't that amazing? So he's got great stuff. He's got an Etsy store. I'll make sure to put a link up to it. But yeah, I had to definitely. show this off because how can you not show something off when you're actually told you need to show it off in the yeah. Hangout? Like somebody actually watches the Hangout. So thanks. <laughs> 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 so that's my show and tell. <laughs> what about you, Isabella? Okay, so I'm also wearing my, I don't know how well they show up, yeah, my they little do. elf ears. I have green and silver ones, and Regina has minor purple. Um, Where did you guys get them? Who, who made them? This is uh, Geek Girl Stuff, and that's the URL, geekgirlstuff.com, and I'm sure you can order from there. We bought them at Rose City Comic Con, but she was also booth, she had a booth at, um, at Geek Girl Con as well. I would hope because geek girl stuff seems appropriate yeah. to be at geek girl con. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's cool. She was, she was boothing with somebody else. I don't know who else was there, but I love these. She had a couple of other cool stuff, cool things too. Um, and then my other one, hey. um, which is about the only horror-ish suspense book I have is World War Z by Max Brooks. And yeah, I adore this book. It's good. I think I'm gonna, I need to reread it soon but yeah I adore it just like the foreboding like suspense of it all is yeah it's like a, yeah. a car accident in slow motion yeah <laughs> you see it coming a mile away and it just keeps building and building and building until oh crap the world kind of falls apart you know, <laughs> you know. no big deal the oh, audio book of that is fantastic. Like I, I've listened to that several times. Like they've got a different author for every segment, and it's got like Mark Hamill and like, yeah, Alan oh, Alda. Awesome. I love that. Okay, I'm looking it up in the library right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called the complete edition. It's, yeah. I think about twelve hours long. It's worth it. So worth it. Yeah. That wouldn't be the longest time I listened to one of the Game of Thrones books on oh, audio. Oh, so, Like thirty hours long. <laughs> Those books, I just can't. No, I can't anymore either. <laughs> Speaking of Stephen you? King, I listened to Under the Dome, the full novelization oh of that. I didn't get that on Audible because I didn't have Audible yet, and I, I got it from the library, and it was like it had like 30 CDs. <laughs> <laughs> like that book is like Stephen King at his most self indulgent. It should have ended like a third of the way through. <laughs> Yeah, I read the damn thing, so yeah. Yeah, I got really sick of it towards the end. <laughs> but I still finished it. Um, what about uh, you, Mark? Um, I have a couple of of the, was it Funko Pop or Fun Popper? Mm -hmm. Whoever they are. A couple Funko, of them. yeah. 
a couple of their mini um, figures, um, both of which were purchased for me by my wife. Um, first one, I don't know how well we're seeing it here, if anybody can see it. Yeah, his face is all white out. Why is that? Let me try this. That there you go. That's better. Yeah, it's from my screen glow, but it's a little mini pinhead. <laughs> um, and then the other one, which I don't think will be a problem as far as uh, screen glow goes, um, uh, the Great Lord. Oh, it's nice. And I had these for a year or more they sit actually over on our TV stand here in the bedroom just underneath the TV watching over the room making sure that we're not enjoying life too much making sure your nightmares are vivid mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> what about you Evan do you have a show-and-tell for us I have been very occupied with the <laughs> campaign <laughs> uh, <laughs> like almost all the time and money hey. I've ever had in the entirety of my life. Here, I'll do a show and tell for you. Here, I still have I, this on my desk. I have a book that got published. <laughs> yes, he does. That is that one. That's what I have. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a scary book, so it fits. Is it? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I All actually right. was going to mention it as my scary book that I read because it is like <laughs> the scary book I read in like the last 10 years. <laughs> Uh, and, I, to you. and I read it in like three or four days, so I definitely had a few dreams where <laughs> 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 it was kind of in my conscience. More about the terrifying power of um, an AI gone bad. So I'll just naughty leave it. Na naughty AI, yeah. But but that wasn't my dream. So <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rhonda? Did you have a show and tell? Yeah. Did you show and tell already? You did. Oh, right. right. I'll show again. Okay. Matt Young Mark. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, no, our next question is what horror or suspense movie made you laugh? <laughs> now, I need, I need some clarification on this. Is it laughable <laughs> because it was just pathetically done and just a, a, a pile of steaming tripe, or is it? laughable because it was meant to be a comedy as well as a horror or what, what, what's the, the well I think that I think it could go either way but most of the most of the movies I think of that were just horrible I didn't really laugh at them um, unless it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show you but, just groaned. yeah, yeah. And mostly you just groan but th there definitely has been a newer stream of horror movies that are actually horror slash comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, of wow. course, another one that goes into canon that, that comes to mind is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Well, fine. You just ruined that one. That goes off my list. Lucky for you, <laughs> I have about half a dozen of those. <laughs> Wait. Well, give it up. What about another one? Um, another one, I was going to say Zombieland or Shaun of the Dead, but, you know, oh. those, those are too easy. Um, a good one is uh, Cooties, uh, which was oh, yeah. uh, an independent film that was put out by uh, uh, Elijah Wood, um, his production company, uh, about a year ago, I think it was, about um, uh, school teachers who get trapped in their school by their... Uh, Students who end up turning into zombies because they eat some 
messed up chicken. In cafeteria, the, uh, food. In cafeteria, cafeteria food? Do they eat cafeteria food? Yep, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's got some great laughs in it and a whole lot of ew, gross moments. So, yeah. Nice. I just remembered one of that genre that I watched. Uh, yeah? That our friend David recommended. He actually gave me the Blu-ray for it. It was... Um, Tucker and Dale versus oh, versus oh perfect. Oh, that was gonna be my pick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> darn it. Well, I had another one. It was a hor It was a Halloween movie, but not a not a horror one. I was gonna say Ho Hocus Pocus was one. It's not a suspense. It's, you know, funny comedy, but you know. But yeah, Tucker. Is it Tucker and Dale or du Tuck and Dale? Dale versus evil. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. It's pretty funny and pretty terrible. <laughs> I think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be too. It really is, you know. Well, it's the send up of the entire like genre of that particular mm -hmm. kind of slasher, and it's it's terrible in all the ways it's supposed to be. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Do you have one, Isabella? Um, I've mentioned it before. But I really like Scream Queens. The TV oh show. yeah, I think it's, it's fun. A choice. It's a, yeah, that that's another really really good modern example of that brand new genre. Yeah, it's a slasher, but it's mm -hmm. weirdly funny. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody watch um, American Horror Show or American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story? Horror Story, yes, that one. I did for about a season. Now yeah. I, I watched the first season and couldn't really. Do that again. <laughs> I watched the first two or three episodes of the first season, and I was going, "Why is nobody figuring out after seeing ghosts, except for the guy seeing the ghosts, or something like that?" I can't remember. I just remember there was a lot of like holes in it, like where to me logic dictated that you know anybody from the outside would be going, "Why is that guy just sitting there talking to himself?" You know, and uh, you know, out on the porch or whatever it was. I can't remember now, but I just I just remember going, it "Makes no sense. That this guy is somehow a ghost and." nobody else is figuring this out or anything like that so, so. yeah i just thought it was interesting because it just has a different plot like each season right it, like the mm -hmm. characters yeah. change and the actors change yeah. and they've had some pretty big names on it so of course it's not something that i would gravitate toward but i just thought it was an interesting sort of gimmick i guess for the storytelling that one was just hard for me to get onto because it, it felt like like usually with horror you have there's like things that they do to make the, the horrible things that happen more palatable. Like they'll make it so that some of the characters who die really deserve it, or they'll make it so that like some people who don't deserve to die do escape or something like that. But like, it felt like that entire show was just like one unpleasant thing happening after another and just nobody yeah. got out of it. Okay. And like, there was nobody to root for and it like just, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Except at least in Game of Thrones, there's like, two or three people who you'd want to kind of see succeed and some of them live <laughs> so far I'm so sure far i kind of stopped story when i realized like oh everyone's just gonna die <laughs> everyone is just gonna be dead i don't care anymore <laughs> there's not gonna be any good resolution to this it's just gonna end up with everyone dead <laughs> what happens. and i was done <laughs> yeah i can see that <laughs> Well, I definitely see more of it than you guys have. So, does everyone die? Um, no, <laughs> no, 
but I saw the first season was the haunted house. Second season was the insane asylum. Uh, I think the third season, I think the third season was the witches. Oh. Yes. Um, I'm missing one, I believe. Wasn't there like uh, a circus? Yeah. Oh, the, the carnival. I saw that yeah. one. And then the hotel, which I did not see. I think I was watching the first or first episode of it, and I was just like, "Why have I been watching this all this time? <laughs> 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 How have they tricked me into this?" <laughs> um, exactly. But I've actually been talking to people who have watched it as I have, who are watching the current season, and say it's their best yet. I don't know. I don't know. I heard I have a couple of friends who are like adamant fans of it who are the those people on your Facebook or whatever who absolutely love Halloween and have been waiting for Halloween, you know, for months. Well, since it ended last year. Um, <laughs> and they were saying that it started really slow, I guess, this season. Like it was really slow and they were like, ah, I don't know. And then all of a sudden something happened that got everybody on board with it. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's it i think it's interesting i think they had some pretty decent storytelling in it and the um the, all all the seasons are um set in different time periods the same a lot of the same actors come back but um all the stories tie together somehow hmm. through time and that's that's even to me more interesting that they've thought about it that much it's just not a reboot you know but, right, um, and they're not telling the same story because they're not continuing one storyline. They're no. taking several storylines that kind of intersect with each other. And I think that that's cool. I just, yeah. I know that just, I watched, there was a HBO series called Carnival. Oh, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> it was really good. And I hung with it for a long time. And then all of a sudden, there's just a couple scenes that just got too gross. There was somebody who they went to see who had no eyes and they were like, yeah. Sockets and oh, I, I was done. I couldn't anymore. <laughs> I was also trying to watch it by myself, which is another thing I have learned about uh, myself. <laughs> watch scary things alone. <laughs> Even with cats who keep me company, it's just not enough. No. So, what about a scary movie that makes you uh, laugh, Regina? Oh, I I stole. I said. Um, oh yeah. Tucker and Dave, Dale versus Evil yeah. versus Evil. <laughs> um, and potentially Hocus Pocus, but like I said, that's more Halloween than suspense. So, Evan, did you have a backup, or did you, Regina just crush your dreams? I kind of have a backup, but I also kind of think it's my my other one, so I think I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> okay. Um, the one that I enjoyed um, that made me laugh was Cabin in the Woods. That was my other one. <laughs> 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 you know, Regina, Rhonda, you are not making our newest member feel very welcome here. <laughs> we should have let him go through all of his first. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> so disappointed, <Sure>. guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we don't like doing that. Um. Okay, so our next topic <laughs> is our all-time favorite uh, suspense or horror movie. Evan, why don't you go first, or do you want some more time to think? Well, let me tell you about my all-time favorite. It is this movie called The Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> it's about 
a cabin in the woods. <laughs> like, I, I like that one. Like I was kind of considering having that be my funny one, but I also kind of think it's one of those movies that's like partly parody, but also partly a good example of its own genre. Mm-hmm. Kind of like like how Princess Bride is for like fantasy and stuff like that. Like it's it's kind of making fun of it, but also is a really good example. And I just yeah. love the way they just completely deconstruct this entire, basically the entire horror genre, like yeah. all forms of the horror genre. Like it's mostly the cabin in the woods kind of story, but it's also like they have like literally, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything because everybody should see it, but like they, throughout the course of the movie, they literally spoil or they literally, they, they kind of, send up every single form of horror fiction and they still end up tying it all together in this yeah. overall narrative of horror that works on its own, which I, I just, I love the way they do that. And it's just got that kind of typical Joss whedon kind of dialogue and just all the stuff that I expect from him. And just, I think it, it works on every level. Yeah, you really don't know what to expect. You, you're seeing things that are familiar and that you think you know, well, I know what happens with this. But things go in so many directions. You're like, okay, why are they doing this? And then it all becomes, they're really doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really smart. Uh, what do you mean, you, Mark? All right, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to give you a caveat first, which is that I haven't seen these movies in years, so I have no idea how well they've held up. My suspicion is probably not very well, but um, that being said, um, Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 are Mm. my all-time favorite horror movies. Um, Regina talks about, you know, seeing things and having them, you know, live inside her psyche and show up in her dreams. This these movies and the comic books and everything have been stuck in my psyche so permanently that I still have Cenobite dreams, not even with Pinhead himself, but with just random Cenobites showing up or me showing up somewhere where there's Cenobites and and such. And and it's funny, I should be horrified when I'm in these dreams, but I actually find myself watching the dream as if it's a movie or a TV show Mm -hmm. and being interested in it. But, um, I've always loved the the Cenobites because they kind of play on that trope, you know, with when you watch another horror movie, like a slasher movie or something like that, somebody's running away from Jason and they trip and they fall and Jason's right there kind of thing. Um, you don't have that so much as, you know, they're fine with you running away. They're like, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll get to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when they do, you happen to run into the wrong room or, you know, do the wrong thing and there they are. And, I love the dialogue, the the way it was written for the Cenobites in those movies, because you know, normally it's just I'm a faceless killer. I don't say anything. I'm just gonna follow you along until I kill you. No, he he speaks very eloquently about you know the things he's going to do and how long he's going to be doing them and and all that. And I just to me, he's probably one of the best horror movie monsters ever. Oh yeah. Do you, do you, um, I kind of get the feeling when I was watching the first one that it, it's a lot like what Evan said. It's, it's sort of a genre in and of itself in horror. I don't know if I would call it a genre in and of itself, but it certainly is very much its own thing. I, yeah. 
I don't feel when I watched those movies, I didn't feel like there was anything else like it. And I was a big horror fan when I watched those movies for the first time. And, you know, I, it was funny. I watched them on uh, the first one and the second one on Christmas day. I have no idea why. Um, when I was probably like, I don't know, 17 or 18, I'm guessing. And I just remember after the first one was over, my heart was just jackhammering in my chest. And I was just like, what the hell did I just see? What what was that? Exactly. Um, I think it's scary in ways that other movies aren't too. Like it's not so much you're not really afraid of what they're going to do to you. You're afraid of the fact that they're going to do it to you until you're one of them. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to hurt you until you like it. Like they're going to twist your brain to the point that you're not yourself anymore. That I think is one of the scariest parts of the whole story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it just it's it is an amazing thing, and and to think that it like came from somebody's imagination, it's just like you feel like he was actually watching in on something that he shouldn't have been watching in. <laughs> Isabella, do you have anything all-time favorite? Uh, the Shining, actually. <laughs> Which is kind of surprising it? from someone who who doesn't like horror movies. I was in a film class that was about Hitchcock, and we watched a bit of different horror suspense movies, kind of in comparison. And The Shining was one, so I had to watch it. <laughs> and I ended up watching it again because I ended up writing a paper on it. And I wow. actually have the DVD right here <laughs> because I I had to buy it to write my paper on it. So. I actually really enjoy it, although there is one scene that I cannot, that I have to cover my eyes on. Um, Which one? The she one in the bathroom. Yeah. The bathroom, yeah. The bathroom one, yeah. That is that one the one where he's pulling his face apart in the mirror, or is that something else? Mm, no, there's a woman in a bathroom that he walks in on, and she just kind of turns into like this... Monster. Really? Yeah, monster. She's a monster. Basically. Yeah, she comes out of the water. All gross. Yeah, but the, the imagery of that one just kind of stuck with me, and I can't watch that one again. But I actually really enjoy that movie. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Although I wouldn't be able to watch it by myself in the dark. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Regina? Uh, I decided to look more at suspense films for this one, since I really don't have any favorite horror films. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm going to actually pull uh, Hitchcock and go with uh, Notorious. Um, oh, yeah. Notorious with Ingrid Bergman and um, Cary Grant and um, who's the bad guy? Claude Rains for the bad guy. Um, because that's one of the all-time most tense movies I've ever watched. Like, you're always on edge about what's going to happen for her um, as the story progresses. And Hitchcock was master, obviously of um, building, not just building suspense, but having the suspense be built by so much of what was going on in the frame of the picture. Um, and with the editing and with like so many different pieces of what had to come together to make a Hitchcock film amazing. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm always kind of a little in awe of how, how spectacular his suspense was, so. That's one of his new movies I haven't actually seen yet. So I'm gonna have to oh, really? Oh, it's my favorite. Notorious um, and Strangers on a Train are my two favorite 
um, Hitchcock. Um, Rope is a good one too. Rope was pretty fun because it's a continuous edit, you know, so it's got kind of that as a, a little bit of a gimmick. But Notorious has just beautiful, grandiose scenes that because she, she's in this like high society world and so he could kind of play with all that stuff, so. Yeah. You've got a suggestion, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, since we've gone through all this and we've talked about uh, our favorites, I was just curious if anybody has a, a horror movie that they absolutely hate or loathe. And I mean, it can be for any reason, but, mm -hmm. um, and I have one if, if you guys would like to hear it to, to kick it off. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. I absolutely oh. loathe and hate that movie. It is the only movie I've ever gotten up in the middle of in the theater and walked out. Huh. I was I was so livid. First off, I got suckered in there because one of the you know selling taglines was you know something from Clive Barker about it being one of the most horrifying movies ever. I'm like going, well, Clive Barker and Hellraiser are my favorite. I've got to go see this. So I went and saw it, and. You know how in every horror movie there's usually one person has to do something really stupid to kind of kick things off or keep things going? Yeah, this that movie is literally the same two characters doing really stupid crap over <laughs> and over and over again to the point that when one of the main characters finally does get killed by the, the bad guy, I'm like, you had that coming! <laughs> you had that coming. I feel absolutely no pain for you. Die! <laughs> I'm going to cheer that you're dead. <laughs> I wasn't even aware of it when I was in the theater. And I actually didn't even see the part where he died until it was on TV a, a while later. But my wife at the time told me that the whole time that I was watching, I was just like, what are you doing? I wasn't even aware I was doing it. And she finally was one like, do you want to leave? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I felt like my intelligence was so insulted. You know, it's one thing when one character does one thing to keep things going or to make something happen. I understand it. I don't think it's great writing, but I understand it in, in, in the context of the genre. But when you have two characters doing things over and over and over and over again that nobody in the right mind would ever do in the first place. <laughs> it's just like, oh. So there's mine. I hope you guys have something. <laughs> well, Anybody? I'm actually uh, racking my brain here. And what the very one of the very first things I do is do a Google search on worst mo horror movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure that pulled up a ton. Uh, it pulled up some. Oh, here's here's the big list, the 50 worst. But the, the thing is, I don't recognize any of them. I mean, right. yeah, they're probably all really low budget things that you yeah have yeah. Seen. But you don't have to. It doesn't have to oh, be the worst movie ever. It could just be because it struck you in such a way that it was so horrific. I I've got one I can put in that category. Okay. Um, at Sweeney Todd with Johnny Depp. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty not, bloody. Yeah, I mean, not for that reason, but I mean, I love the show of it, but I didn't like the movie. Like, mm. So it didn't, it lost something for me, I think, in his and um, Helena Bonham Carter's performances didn't ring as true to me as like a stage version that I saw many years could, ago. Could it just be that your, your mind is weary of the whole Johnny Depp, Ellen, 
Bonham Carter. Uh, oh, that's understandable. Beatles yeah, and director. the Tim Burton aesthetic. Like, I think yeah. all of that kind of came together with the two of them and him, and it just it took away from I feel like the power and there's so much power in the music in that um, that I think it just kind of lost it for me. Um, yeah. Because I remember leaving, I was really excited to see it, and then I remember leaving feeling disappointed, so. I think Tim Burton is just about wrung out. I think, um, I'm, I'm sick of those three doing anything together, and I think that Tim Burton should be sent to his room to think about what he's done for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and when he can do something different, then he, he can be allowed back. <laughs> yes, I can, I can hang with that. I think that that wouldn't be such a bad thing. I think it's kind of like, you get stuck on a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what's happened. That's what yeah. I was worried is going to happen with JJ Abrams because he's done so many reboots of so many mm. big stories and big franchises. It's like, you got to not just do this. You have to do yeah. other things. Like you can't just yeah. be this person or else you're going to peter out. So. And I, I don't want to say reboots of movies. He needs to not reboot. Like <laughs> copy plot point for plot point one of the other movies that already exists in that series. Like yeah. The, both Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be a good a good starting point for that. I would I would like to point out that I actually like some Tim Burton movies like uh, Sleepy Hollow. I love. I think it's probably one of the best Halloween movies ever. Since we're talking about Halloween movies. Mm -hmm. but, and you know, I love Beetlejuice, but I just I am sick of the aesthetic. It's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it's a gimmick. At this point, it's just become his gimmick. It's just the way he makes it his thing, and it, there's just there should be so much more. Anybody else have any like? Um, I would like to wipe the Chucky movies off the face of the earth. For <laughs> 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 my own sanity, I just. I should have tortured you with all the pictures I have of my mom's doll collection because no. I was taking terrifying pictures of my mom's doll no. collection. Okay, so my best friend's mom had this like china cabinet of old Victorian dolls that she had and I could not walk into her dining room for that very reason because they <laughs> terrify me. Oh, my mom had two you know the hutch we have in our living room now, the big tall one, like floor yeah. to ceiling hutch with like four shelves yeah. on it, dolls. Yeah. And that was only one of two um, hutches like that that she had that were full of dolls. Dolls on every chair in the living room, dolls on oh, every God. table in the living room, dolls in every corner of the house. <laughs> Why are you trying to terrify Isabella right now? <laughs> the idea now of it is making me like shiver. It's just cool at this point, Regina. <laughs> I just showed her a mask for like a second and then was I done. Know. Well, I think for me that it would have to be the Saw movies. Oh, those two. Oh, yeah. Hate them. Never been anywhere near them. Couldn't tell you. I, I, yeah, yeah, I started watching, I think I watched one all the way through. Um, the, I think it was the first one because of, uh, we already mentioned Princess Bride, because What's-His-Name was in it. Mm-hmm. Carrie, Carrie Yules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Elways or whatever. I've never known how to say that name. Me uh, huh? Me either. I'm, I'm constantly thinking it's Elway and other people are like, no, it's Yules. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. We love you anyway, Carrie. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, come on the show and tell us how to say your name. Um, I just couldn't get on with the premise. I mean, the movie starts, and I was like, I'm not buying into any of this. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous, and I don't know what the obsession is. I just think they're uh, they're ridiculously stupid. Yeah, I, I remember watching that with a group of people, not because I wanted to, but because that's I was at a social function, and everybody wanted to watch that movie. And I just remember thinking it was crap all the way through, and then at the end when they were trying to reveal how it all happened, I, was, I, I don't remember what it was, but I basically shot up the movie plot right in the foot, right at the end. I was like, well, that wouldn't have worked because this, this, and this. And they're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, so it's a crap movie. <laughs> there, there's no reason for a movie like that at the end to try to explain anything. Yeah. Because there's no way you can explain And that. the explanation they gave didn't work, period. No. You should have just ended it, and everybody would have gone, okay, yeah. It's just trying to justify torture porn. I hate movies like that. The hostile movies them. are awful. The, the Saw movies oh. are awful. Just and Saw kind of gave us that entire genre. They're responsible for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not even, none of it's really scary. It, it isn't about fear. It's just about making you cringe because of all the things that people are having to do to themselves. And it's... And, mm -hmm. I don't care for it. No, no, thanks, no. Nope. Yeah, it's crap. <laughs> All kinds of no. Anybody else have one? I have one, and in fitting with the theme so far, it's a Stephen King story. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming back to Stephen I King. I love it. <laughs> Dreamcatcher. It's awful on levels that I didn't think books could be. Like, <laughs> it tries to make farting scary. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like one of the significant plot points in this story is these alien eel things like burrow into your body and like incubate oh. themselves in your stomach and they make you fart a lot. <laughs> Wasn't there another horror can't... film that had something like that? Like that you got a worm they made or something? A movie out of it. You mean, you mean aliens? That is <laughs> <or aliens. laughs> No, this was actually like I it was. It might have been Swedish or something. Um, but when you went to the bathroom, they actually crawled up. Yeah, that happened in that movie too. Yeah, so. maybe it is that one. I thought, but I thought it was. I thought it was a foreign film. But anyway, no. The movie even had Morgan Freeman in it, and it still sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> proof he cannot save everything. <laughs> you know, you have to wonder whether or not at that point Stephen King was just making fun of us. I'm pretty sure that came during his drug phase, uh, like in the middle of his drug phase, because that doesn't seem like the kind of book someone would remember writing after they finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a bad trip. <laughs> I could actually see him, though, as kind of being an author who might troll his readers. I could see that, too, and, and I think there are a couple of his stories that he did do that, but like this one, it had like, it had... Alien eels that burrow inside of you. It had a psychic mentally handicapped child. It had a guy who had a brain library that he would go inside of. And it had any number of other bizarre things. And like in the book, the farting is like excessive. Like in, in the movie, it like happens in the, in the beginning and they kind of give up, give up on it later on. But in the book, he constantly talks about these characters farting because of the things inside them. And I'm like, kids are scared of everything and kids find farting hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> and fear don't belong together. It just will never work. Ah, oh, Steven, Steven, Steven. <laughs> well, I happen to have like a whole list of movies that didn't fall in any category that I thought were completely uh, great horror films. Did anybody have a, a list that just didn't make it? Um, I have a list of other things that aren't movies. It, my Little like Pony does not count. <laughs> my Little Pony. <laughs> well, I was going to have my favorite be the Charlie Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin. So, uh, God, <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> I don't hate Charlie Brown. I don't even hate that show. But come on. <laughs> I didn't. But I did. Specifically, it horror well. and suspense. There's neither of those two in Charlie Brown. Anything. <laughs> what about you, Isabella? The great pumpkin is going to show up. That's not suspense enough for you. No. No. <laughs> Even Isabella said no. I know, right? I'm sorry, Holy Regina. You've been voted off the island. <laughs> you have not received a rose. You have been chopped. It's my island. <laughs> Take your knives and leave. <laughs> yes. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> you um, fired. So <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> had to say, she's probably the, the only real person who could say that to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was on your list, Isabella? Um. So one of them is Limbo, the game. Mm. That's a very suspenseful, creepy game that I really love. Um. In a bit. Slash like uh, <laughs> slasher like because there's lots of like flying body parts going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's also a podcast called Limetown that I really enjoy. Um, that's kind of suspenseful. Limetown that I, that I like. You should Limetown. Have. Yes. Limetown. Have you heard of We're Alive? That podcast, Isabella. We're Alive? No, yeah. I'm not. It is actually a zombie apocalypse podcast um, that's very much done in the radio show style. It's very good. And they just actually started a, or put out a, a new version, a new kind of spin off of it um, called Lockdown that happens to these people that are in prison during the same time as the original show. So you might want to check it out. It's really well done, really good cool. voice acting with lots of sound effects and everything. It's, it's really well done. I didn't. I, I. I wish I had spread out the um, categories a little more to include other things because I know that there have been some just some really good video games, uh, scary video games. Resident Evil, the first one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill. Silent, Silent Hill, Hill, the first, first Silent one. Hill. God, that one was terrifying. Talk about like building tension. Um, and board games. I love Arkham Horror. Um, games that you just cannot win. <laughs> Trail at the House on the Hill. Yeah. Yeah, when I finally get to be the bad guy, I'm usually like the weakest one who gets stomped inside of like two turns. <laughs> yeah. Last time it was Frankenstein's monster. What is that? I played that game. Yeah, nice. Frankenstein's no, monster? Yeah. Of course I didn't. <laughs> really? I never win. <laughs> yeah, fine. You know what? We're just going to have to play some more. Uh, Frankenstein's uh, <sighs> The only game I, I win. 
Yeah. What is the only game? Oh, Cards Against Humanity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The one, the one that Isabella and I are sympathetic on. I know you guys are. It's freaky. It's It's the only game that Isabella wins. Okay, this sweet innocent. (laughs) Yes. But it was it was her and Mark. It was the two of them together. Like they were like like a twin off each other. And I think didn't we like actually tie at the end of it? Or one of us beat the other by one. Maybe. It was ridiculous. It was very I think close. at I the remember. end it was just us going against each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I change I changed my mind. The thing that scares me is now is Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> it's those cute little packages like that with those demented minds that just pop out when you least expect it. Yep. Yeah, it was funny. Every time I, we would judge, I would judge her cards and I always pick hers. And when she would judge in my card, or if my card was in. When she was judging, she always picked mine. They were, yeah, this was back and forth, like the whole game. They were just like feeding off each other and we're like, what's happening? What is happening? I don't understand this. The the darkest member of our party with what we assumed was the lightest. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. It's all (laughs) freaking. She just pretends to be cute and sunny. So did anybody else have anything on their, uh, the, the list that didn't make it on the air? Um, there was there was uh, something that came to mind when we were talking about uh, things that should be in canon, and it kind of came to me towards the end here. And, and I was it was odd to me that it didn't jump out to anybody else. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's just me or not, but uh, the the Poltergeist movies, especially the first one, I was like, it's really weird that nobody brought that one up because it's very iconic. You know, the clown being under the bed, the closet, yeah. with the the lights, the little girl with the, the never TV. seen it. Ever, oh. never, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Oh, oh, oh! I've got, to, I've got to share this story with you guys now. It's not, <laughs> it's not Poltergeist, but the TV thing reminded me of it. So, who here has seen The Ring? Anybody? I hate that one. Yep. I hate them. That was awful. Another bad dreams. Bad, bad, bad dreams. Okay, well, you guys, are, you guys are going to appreciate this. So, I went to go watch that movie one night by myself. My ex-wife was leaving the house. I went to go put that in. She said, are you watching that now? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you may not want to watch it alone at night. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Because, you know, I'm a big, bad horror guy. What do I care? And I like to watch the extras on DVDs a lot of the time before I watch the show. Um, But in this Mm -hmm. case, the only one that I really checked out was, don't watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like don't watch this what the hell is this so i play it and of course is the weird video that they watch that anybody happens to watch on the videotape and i was like going okay yeah whatever this is just weird and i figured out halfway through the movie you know that's what i was watching it's like oh okay whatever so fast forward to the end of the movie i was like going okay that was freaky but i'm all right i'm doing okay (laughs) I i go to my bedroom and i lie down and begin reading and my dog bear is lying there on the bed with me and probably about 20 or 30 minutes into reading he shifts and all of a sudden the tv clicks on <laughs> and, and and my light and my clock go off <laughs> i'm like really is this how it's going to end <laughs> really? and so then my logical brain goes Think about this. What are the odds that this shit is happening right now? And I'm like, okay, right, right. So the dog moves, something happened, and I'm reaching around underneath the dog. Please let there be a TV remote. Thank God the TV remote is right here under the dog. Turn it off, and 
our light happened to be our, our uh, outlet for light. It just happened to be behind our bed. So I'm like reaching back there and I hit it and the light kicks back on again. It's like, ah. <laughs> Thank you deity that I don't really, you know, know that I believe in or not, but yeah, it was one of those moments where like the, the <laughs> light fantastic. the light turns off and the TV kicks on and it's static and I just about crapped myself. <laughs> That's good to know. That's I was really just gonna say to they should have made it so that like when you watch that video, like it it starts a timer where like three minutes later it plays a phone ringing sound effect. <laughs> oh, oh. Cool. you're devious. Oh. oh, he is. Yeah, you should read his book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly how devious he is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's a, a good little bit of Halloween scare for you. Yeah, that's a good oh, one. I like good. that. That's a good story. <laughs> I like well, when those things happen to other people. Yes, I like when those things happen to other people. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> Well, some of the ones that um, that made it on my list will be interesting to hear what you guys have to say. I I used to be a, a huge, huge Vincent Price fan, oh, and yeah. Vincent Price was the horror movie guy. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I like just mentioning him in general as a wonderful actor. I think the movie he did that scared me uh, the most was House of Wax. Um, pretty iconic for him. Um, one of the ones, some, several of these were listed on, on, on the Google search I did. Silence of the Lambs, which would fall into the suspense mm. side of things. Um, I think even after all this time, that movie holds up pretty oh, well. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, the Evil Dead, I can't believe anybody didn't mention that. I kept thinking about it the whole time because I just watched the whole first season of Ash versus the Evil Dead. We got yeah. the DVD watched it, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And I yeah, I think it should just go in canon again. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just one of those that... Nope. Um, nope. 28 Days Later. Oh, I love that movie. That's a good one. What? I do. So what you like is zombies. I can do zombies. I don't watch certain scenes with zombies. They still, with The Walking Dead, do this, ha you know, when they're like, somebody's about to die or something, but... Oh. The fast zombies in, in 28 Days Later, yeah. Well, I have to disagree. I mean, yes, it is in the zombie genre, but they're not zombies. They're just literally plague-ridden people because they don't die first. Oh. They just become infected and get all cranky. 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 <laughs> right, super cranky. Okay. Murder, mur cranky, murderer, murderous, murderer, murderous, cranky. When um, people wake me up too early in the morning, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? See? Just cranky, that's all. Um, the other one I think we've talked about before, Mark, Dead Snow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I watched the first one and it's just like. I. It had been hyped so much at that point that I expected way more than what I got. I mean, if you're just into gory popcorn movies, then yes. yeah, you can see it. But to me, it was just like, really? Come on. What about The Sixth Sense? Um, I don't know. I, I knew something was up pretty much right from the get-go with that movie. And it's my, a good uh, ghost story. Yeah, it is a good ghost story, yeah. 
it pissed my cousin off because he thought I would never figure it out. And the scene where Haley Joel and um, Bruce are sitting in the room talking, and the mother comes in and never wants to acknowledge him. And never once acknowledges Bruce. I went, oh, he's dead. And my cousin's like, <laughs> oh, I hate you. Has anybody seen Angel Heart? Angel Heart? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's, it's not the one, what? Was that like from like the 80s or something? Yeah, like that? it's from the 80s. It has Mickey Rourke and... Um, hmm. I've heard the name. It's not Al Pacino. It's No, it is Al Pacino. Al Pacino in it. I, I vaguely remember it. I think I might have saw it, but yeah, it was one of those that I showed it to Chris, and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna love this!" And he guessed like the whole plot in the first like three minutes because it's one of those where it like flips at the end, like the whole story flips at the end, and yeah. he guessed the flip in like the first three minutes in the movie, and I was like, <laughs> I did the, I did the same so thing deflating. with the usual Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. After the sixth sense, my cousin said, "Well, we're going to watch the Usual Suspects, and you'll never guess it." Yes, that one. Spoiler too. alert, everybody! If you haven't watched this in the last fifteen years, but yeah. it was Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was sitting there watching it, and I was like, "Going, it's Kevin Spacey." No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, well. Poor Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um. Two more. One especially that I was surprised didn't get mentioned. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. That's a good I, you one. know what? You know what? I, I think I honestly was trying to stay away from... Like canon pieces? Well, no, from zombies at this point. Oh. Because we, we've done a... Didn't we do a whole zombie episode at one point? Yeah, I think, so. I think we did. Yeah. 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 So I think I was realis- really trying to stay away from the zombies. Um, I think zombies are over. That's why I'm trying to stay away from them. I don't think zombies are that scary, really. It's more kind of like a action kind of thing. It's like about survival and, and fighting off zombies and stuff. Like, you, like one zombie doesn't scare you. you know, it's not even a threat unless there's a bunch of them or if you don't have anything to fight them with. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's yeah, and that was one of my points back in the day as early when we were talking about this. I think I mentioned that slow slow zombies do terrify me. And it's not because you know, one by itself is scary or even necessarily five. It's literally the fact that, again, it comes back to kind of a sort of Damocles thing where you literally have thousands or millions of them. And it doesn't matter how good you are or how smart you are or how fast you are. Eventually, you're going to have a bad day and screw up and then you're going to be. Yeah. That's yeah. that's always yeah. been the part that scares me is the inevitability of it. Yeah. Um, the last one is let the right one in. Mm. Oh, that's it. Oh, I love the original of that. Yeah, one. the original's great. Yeah, I loved it. I don't know that at all. Like, at all. That is a good one. That's a good one. It's vampires. Oh. Yeah. But the original's great. Don't watch the American version. It sucks. <laughs> You'd actually probably like it, Regina. I know there were a couple scenes that were a little bit gory, but it's really more kind of, I think, a pathos piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The relationship being built between this little boy and this little girl. It's very different. Yeah. Very unique. It's, um, yeah, it's a lot, a lot about, uh, human relationship. Human. Human. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'll put that on my, I'll check it out list. 
which is not very long from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you definitely want to make sure you get the uh, the foreign film and not the. Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. It's Swedish, right? Yeah, I think it I think is so. or Norwegian. Some it was one of the. It's a Scandinavian country. I remember yes. that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to look here to see, but. Oh, had the, the um. I think it's a Russian film. Um, has anybody seen uh, Night Watchers and Day Watchers? Mm -mm. Uh, that's it's a vampire. Um, yeah, mostly a vampire film too. It's um, foreign film, and it's two films. And I think they were made together. And one is Day Watchers, and one is Night Watchers. And it's a complete story, but they're they're pretty independent in of themselves. Um, but it's, it's just got some amazing cinematography in it. It's, it's just wild and crazy and apocalyptic and just watch a trailer of it sometime. It's, it's pretty, uh, I think pretty it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just look up which order to watch them in. <laughs> I can't remember one. which one comes first. What I was one that I completely forgot. Um, it follows. It's yep. pretty recent. I think that one was one that I voluntarily watched that I actually enjoyed. So, what was it about? Oh, that's the um, what? Yeah, what was that about? So it's basically like a STD demon. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a curse that's passed on by. If you have sex with someone, this demon attaches itself to you and it will try to kill you. But you're the only person that can see it. And then if it kills you, it will go on to the next person, like before you, who you had sex back. with. Yeah, it will go back. Cool. Great. <laughs> so <laughs> more, more desperation and people trying to get laid. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that one was really effective though i thought in terms of like building fear because like i have issues with the entire horror genre just because i think of all genres it's become the most formulaic like like yeah. horror movies have more tropes in them i think than any other type of genre does but like that one it really built its own form of fear in the sense that like the, this creature is not scary looking. It looks like whoever it wants to. It can change its shape and face to be any person. But the scary thing about it is it is always moving. It's always coming for you. It's like, and it never runs. It walks. And I think that was what really interesting about it. Like, you can outrun it easily because it walks at a steady pace. But you can't run forever. And it never slows down. Like, you can drive in your car 20 miles away, and you'll be temporarily safe, but it's still coming. It's moving slowly. It won't be there quickly, but it's not going to stop until it gets you. And I think that Like zombies. Scary. Yeah. Like, I, was just, that's, I thought of that when you were talking about zombies, because it's like the inevitability of it. This thing never gets tired. It never loses track of its goal. It always knows where you are, and it's always coming after you, and it can look like anybody. So there's this paranoia that's associated with it. And you can even feel that when you're watching the movie, like you start watching people in the background and there's even a couple of scenes where you can like tell the thing is coming, like it's way off in the background, but there's like 
there's no horror sting. There's no like zoom in and there's no reaction stuff. It's just happening passively in the background. And you just, you, you notice it because of what the story is and you, you start to feel that paranoia. And I think it's super effective. And the, the, the music in that really, yeah. really helps with that. Oh, wow. The music in that, and I don't normally notice music in anything and it's pretty effective yeah. in that movie. Oh, that's, that's high praises. <laughs> yes. It is. I mean, yeah. the the soundtrack aids the story. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Mm. Cool. Um, I didn't even consider that one because it it looked pretty much like the way you described it, STD demon. But the way they, <laughs> yeah, but the way yeah. It, it plays out is very very effective. Good. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, cool. Cinematography is excellent. Well, the um, the last question I was going to ask, a surprise um, question, but a quick fire answer. And pretty much we know this, everything about Isabella, um, what she's scared <laughs> of. Um, I was going to quick fire ask what it, what it is that scares you. But I think the what uh, might be more interesting is we each talked about... Um, the movie that scares us and what in the movies, you know, give us nightmares, but what in particular in a movie um, makes it scary for you? What type of um, either the topic or the genre? Oh, Isabella, let me guess. Hang on. I'll write it down and we'll see if I'm right. No, it's something very particular in all the things that scare me. Oh, I know okay. exactly what it is oh. about what? it that um so it's called I think in animation it's called an uncanny valley where something is so real like and person like but it's not quite yeah a person like uh, like um it's so like right animation it's where it gets so yeah it's so right but you know it's not real that it freaks you out. That's why I hate dolls. I hate anything like like Clowns, <laughs> anything yeah. like that. Um, just enough familiarity. Just yeah, but it's not yeah. real. But it's not real. Or it's you know it's it's undefeatable. You can't get away from it. That's yeah. That's what always freaks me. <laughs> which is which strangely enough, I can do zombies for whatever reason because they're just not lifelike enough. Yeah, because yeah. the science is kind well, of impossible. It, <laughs> they're not. They're not mindful. It's not they're not mindful. Yeah, exactly. They're not malevolent. Yeah. There's no intelligence basically. behind them. They're just. It's just instinct. And so it's easy to kind of make that othered, and away from yourself because it's. It might be part. I mean, we all you know run on instinct, but you know there isn't any, you know malevolence. There's no intention necessarily other than to survive. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Plus definitely. You know exactly what they're thinking. They just want to eat you. Like they don't right. have any motives. They don't have any tactics. They're just gonna do whatever they can to eat you. Well, yeah, and that, and you can kill them. They die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Regina? Um, I don't know if I can pinpoint quite as well as Isabella did. Um, it's definitely something about. Um, otherness and and the strangeness I think for me um, but I also think it's I don't like 
I don't like the experience of being scared. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, some people revel in that. Some people love that. And I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with a certain amount of control issues I might have. No. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit, um, which I don't really like that. I, but I do push myself sometimes, you know, I will check things out and I will watch certain films if I think that they're gonna, you know, kind of expand my experience, but I, I don't really like that whole unpredictability. Thing. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of that. I don't like, I don't like the movies that try to jump out and scare you. I don't like the blood. Um, I have a lot more and I, we talked about this before in a couple of other episodes where like ever since I've become a mom, I think my experience of watching other people in pain is different. Um, for two reasons, because I have, you know, a person I need to take care of, but also I experienced <laughs> pain <laughs> much more deeply than I had ever experienced it before. So when I see it now, it's much more real to me. And so I even have a hard time with some like real looking pain because I'm like, oh my God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it hurts and, you know, you know, I don't want that pain. So I don't know. I think it's all of that is kind of mixed up in there. Yeah. Evan, what about you? I have two. Like the one thing in movies that I just can't do at all is body horror. I like, hate body horror. I can't do it. Like it, it, it isn't that it scares me so much as it just unsettles me on a primal level. Like, think the movie that scares me the most even more than alien that i can only watch occasionally even though i really like respect it on a filmmaking level is the thing right because of the body horror in it like the idea of your body being transformed against your will and does something monstrous is just uh. like it's i think partly the uncanny valley because like when you can recognize body parts that are like human attached to something that's not human like it, uh, it just it, it squicks me out and it's the Borg <laughs> can't do it. The Borg, yeah, the Borg can be really scary too. Like I respect them for that too. And no, the other thing, when you said that, it made me think of Slither. Have you ever seen it? I can't watch it. <laughs> I remember hearing about it yeah. and like seeing the, the commercials for it, even when it came out on TV, and I was like, I can't watch that. Like, yeah, I, there's a lot of body horror in that. Yeah, and I kind of want to because doesn't it have Nathan Fillion in it? Yep. I kind of want to watch it because I love him so much, but I don't think I can do it. <laughs> like, it'll just disturb me too right. much. So your second one, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the other one, like, in movies that I actually really like, that it, it scares me and I can, I can do it because I, it'll be one of those things, kind of like a roller coaster kind of fear, like, where it, it scares me and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a good scare. I want another one. Like, that is when nothing happens <laughs> like when you're watching a scary movie and it like sets something up and you're like expecting a jump scare or you're expecting something to turn out in a bad way and it just plays out as normal and it subverts your expectation. I think when done correctly and, and like in really good context and there's some really good filmmakers who know how to make it work, that can be one of the scariest things. <laughs> or like, like I was talking about like with uh, It Follows, where something scary happens in the background, way in the background that you can completely fail to notice because no attention is brought to it. 
and you only see it on like repeat repeat viewings and it's like oh that was there the whole time it's kind of like the equivalent of like sitting down next to a like a poisonous snake and then not realizing it was there until you stood up like i could have died like that that idea of that was there the whole time or like i thought that was there and it never was like that kind of psyching it out thing i think that is one of the most effective ways to build tension in filmmaking it sounds a lot like what mark was saying earlier about the exorcist 2 mm, about the hallway scene three. with the nurse yeah exorcist yeah. 3 yeah, it sounds a lot like that. But what about you, Mark? What really scares you in the um, movies? For me, there's a couple of things. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it really is, again, scare is the right word for it or terror. Um, but there's the inevitability thing that we were talking before with, like, zombies or with It Follows. You know, things that it doesn't matter how good, how smart, how fast you are eventually you're going to succumb, you know, that, that, that sort of thing, that sort of Damocles feel, um, really gets to me on some level. Um, the other thing is too, and I, and I was trying to think of an actual movie or book that really plays into it, that does a really good job of illustrating it. And I can't really think of it off the top, one off the top of my head, but I get it all the time in my dreams, which is, where things are just a little bit surreal where it's, I guess it would be kind of like the uncanny Valley, if you will, what, that you guys are talking about, but for like a place, um, you know how, when you have a dream and you know, it's this house, you know, it's my old house from when I grew up, except for it's not like the, it's rooms, not are right. just, the yeah. rooms are just quite, just not right. There there's, you know, yeah. there's a bedroom where there shouldn't be a bedroom or there's something, there's a piece of furniture in the room that should never have been there. Things like that, thing that kind of surreal feeling, and I know that they they use it in horror movies occasionally, but I can't think of any off the top of my head that uh, really jump out at me to illustrate that. It's it's mainly in my dreams that I notice it. When I that was a big Lovecraft thing, like he always did, like the non-Euclidean geometry and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm I am a, a fan of of. Um, Lovecrafty and stuff like that, which is kind of, should we even plug it, Regina? <laughs> I was actually going to if you didn't, so go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, Mark is uh, going to be sharing, uh, he's going to serialize a short story he wrote, and we're going to be running it the next three Mondays on the site, so. Woohoo! It's, uh, it's got a Lovecraftian feel to it. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Can you tease it? Yeah. Can I tease it? Yeah, yeah. give a little bit about it. Um, all right. Uh, basically, this is a short story that was written for me trying to explain some random weird events that happened in my backyard over the course of um, several weeks last summer. And I uh, just thought I would, it would, it just seemed like uh, something that kind of fell into the horror genre to me, like just this weird shit that was going on in my backyard <laughs> that I was like, what is going on? And so I just decided, well, I'm just gonna make my own explanation for it, man. It'll be oh, awesome. cool. <laughs> it's so, inspiration. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it, it, I try and do it in that, that same tone of voice that um, Lovecraft and his peers did in the, in the 20s. Um, mm. So it's kind of, I, I try to mimic that kind of archaic way of speaking or writing. And um, one of the things I gave myself is a, 
there's a goal in that was to try not to use dialogue very often because normally yeah. if I write my I, I want to write in a way that you know I'm kind of influenced by you know the directors of my time when I grew up like Kevin Smith you know stuff where people really there's a lot of dialogue and they really tell the story through the dialogue I love yeah. doing dialogue, but I wanted to do this as a more like you know maybe he's writing a letter to somebody to explain what's happening kind of like you know, it's more exposition yeah mm -hmm. so Cool, and it's three parts, right? Yep, it's gonna end on Halloween. So yeah. every Monday. Yeah. yeah, every Monday, tomorrow, First, the week, yeah. yeah. For so, three weeks. First part is already waiting to have its last editing pass by Regina and a little blurb from her and then away we go. Yeah, cool. It's gonna be fun. It's the first time we've serialized fiction on the site, so. Yeah. It's a great idea. It is, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It probably won't be the last time we fictionalize it. I was like, oh, really? Now, Evan, you're working. Are you working on your first piece for us yet? Oh, I can say that I am and sound prepared for life. But not. That's all right. We all procrastinate. We're all really good at procrastinating. Well, except for maybe Rhonda. I pitched Evan to come write for us three months ago <laughs> when, when I thought his, yeah when I originally thought his campaign was winding down and he was in the the home stretch of it too. yeah I know you thought it too yeah I know it's it's it was you know it was how it was going so I pitched him back then and then he ended up having to extend his campaign an extra that's plus, right I forgot plus, you've been you've been working on a book already okay yeah, yeah. let's not um, that's right. let's not talk about exactly how long he had to extend his campaign let's just be happy that he's done <laughs> with it um so it's been a while and then i just bombarded him i think on friday and was like hey so since you're you know done with your campaign you're ready to write for this site in a couple of days <laughs> he's like um probably not yet um but soon so um but what i did um rope him into was to agree to help me with a series a, a video series that i wanted to do about writing and how to approach writing and how to write good that's irony because you're not supposed to say good. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's good. agreed to, what was that? How to write goodly is the Yes, goodly, that is, that is correct, how to write goodly. Uh, so he's gonna help me with that and I'm hoping that we can launch that in the next couple weeks. Um, but in, you know, on a side of uh, him having to finish getting his novel ready to go, so. Cool, I will definitely be reading that stuff. Yes, yeah. it should be good, it should be fun, so, yeah. Awesome, that's guys. Good, yeah, that's a good segue to kind of wrap up the the hangout, too. Thank you guys for, for hanging out today. And thank you to our two viewers who hung with us or came and went as you were watching. We always appreciate <laughs> the people who hang out with us. Uh, you can check out the video at thegeekembassy.com. We will also have a podcast episode of the show up. Uh, sometime this week. We have a lot of content, actually, this week, uh, so it's kind of exciting. Hey. <laughs> Look at us go. Look at us go. Um, but we are always looking for new ambassadors for the Geek Embassy. If you're interested, feel free to drop me an email at regina at thegeekembassy.com. So thank you guys for hanging out, um, and until next time, go be awesome. No, no. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work. Oh, come no. on. No, I like it. I had to do something different. <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with game on? We're not a gaming.
All show right. anymore. I know, but go be awesome. Come on, we go can be awesome. Go be awesome. What go better? Go game awesome. Go game awesome. <laughs> and write good. <laughs> and write good. <laughs> good. Game awesome and write good. How about good get me. your geek on? How about get your geek on? Well, that's Did what you? I've been saying is get your geek on. Well, then what's wrong with that? I, I wanted to change it up a little bit. No? I don't know. I, I like get your geek on better. Yeah. Okay. I'll stick with the uh, chat line is still open. Vote for your favorite tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your comment on the site. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.